Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you look for it, every day has cause for celebration. Celebrate a friend for their promotion baby wedding life thing. Celebrate yourself for keeping the couch warm. It's no easy feat, especially if it's a big couch. Or maybe you just want to celebrate living in 2023 where you can get beer, wine, and spirits delivered from Drizzly in under 60 minutes without leaving said couch. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com and get your favorite drinks delivered today. Hi, this is Glenn Wexler, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcast. Pantheon Podcast presents From Hollywood, California Art of Rock with Caution Friends A Pantheon Podcast. Music, culture, technology, and rock and roll. Now, let's rip off the shrink wrap and get to the show. Welcome to another episode of The Art of Rock with Caution Friends. I'm back on the couch at home in the Hollywood Hills, and this podcast is coming to you via the Pantheon Podcast Network. Go to pantheonpodcast.com to learn more. This is Kosh with the legendary vocalist, songwriter, producer, and left-handed bassist, the irrepressible Rosemary Butler. I've known Rose for many years. Her work with Linda Ronstadt brought us together and I was thrilled to design the cover for Rosemary's latest album, Just Watch Me. In a few moments, we will hear the stories behind her great work with Bonnie Raitt, Paul McCartney, Bob Dylan, Rod Stewart, Tina Turner, Whitney Houston, Ray Charles, and we're not even halfway through. Bear in mind, this stunning woman fronted her all-girl band and opened for the Rolling Stones. As a mezzo-soprano with a four-octave range, Rosemary is in constant demand. She joins me now on the couch with wonderful tales and hilarious anecdotes. And it's all about her collaborations with the greatest artists in rock, jazz, blues, and soul. She is about to take us on a journey between studios, tour buses, and backstage. You will be fascinated. Rosemary Butler crafted her breathtaking vocals to great heights. She is a perfectionist with a droll sense of humor, and you can tell from the clips skillfully woven into this podcast by Jerry Danielson 
the wizard in the virtual control room. I am chatting with the renowned vocalist, songwriter and producer, the inimitable Rosemary Butler, heroine of classic harmonies and rocking melodies. So now we are together on the virtual couch. Darling. Hello, Koshi. You know, we haven't been together, really, apart from that concert you did for Susie's mum. Mm-hmm. Um, 2013, when we did, um, you just... You're always in my heart, though. Oh, I know, darling, and so are you. But I just suddenly realised how long ago it was that we did Just Watch Me. You just yes, watched. that's right, my album. Yeah, you you did it. such a beautiful job on that. Wow. So did you, come and think of it. It was a lot of work, but boy, you had yeah. everybody in there. It was great. So anyway, this is what I would plan to do because you've got such a great history um, and how you started. I want to find out when you went pro and how. Um, but I'm just sort of going to blurt out a series of non sequiturs and let you sort of share some of your experiences. You know, I need to talk about the early days. Um, your high school band, for one thing, the all girl band, yes. the Ladybirds. Yes, and the those Ladybirds. Bassist. Um, and I just want to know all about your time in Fullerton, right, and how it started, okay. and how yes. you did your gigs, and how you got on TV, and all that sort of stuff in the very early days. Okay. Well, um, <clears throat> let's see. We were in high school, and we had a band, and uh, I had several different bands, and um, the the one that was uh, the Ladybirds. We did an album too. Um, and we uh, were learning, you know, uh, how to record, and and we were doing gigs. Um, and then we evolved into Bertha, ah. and our slogan was "Bertha has balls." <laughs> oh, that's really good. That was not in my notes. <laughs> because we were we were a rock band. We weren't like yeah. The Ladybirds opened. We were in high school. And the same night that the prom was, we opened for the Stones. Ah, that's what I wanted to get to. Yes, okay. Their first American tour. And uh, that was a big thrill. Um, and uh, uh, you come back to school the next day and everybody's showing their prom dress and their corsage and everything. And I had... Uh, Mick Jagger's cigarette butts, <laughs> <laughs> which I sold. Oh no! Uh, yes, oh, I God, did. Wait, wait, wait. How many butts and for what price? May I ask? Oh, I think they were a dollar each. I, <laughs> I had five. Oh, that is so. Funny. But they came to our our hotel room the night 
before, you know, to say hi or whatever. And we were like, oh, my God, I have my flannel nightgown on and cold cream and my my hairs <laughs> and rollers. I was still trying to get ready for tomorrow. It was a big day. And they came and we wouldn't let them in. <clears throat> and Mick pounding on the door. He's yeah. peering through the... <laughs> We wouldn't let them in. We went, oh, no, I don't think so. And so they smoked all these cigarettes, and well, then they just went, Are okay, we talking well, cigarettes or are we talking briefer? What are we talking about here? I know it was real cigarettes. Oh, real cigarettes. And then, um, you know, I, I was from Orange County, so I had never really seen that many long-haired rockers in person before, you know, and... Uh, I was a big Beatle freak, so I, well, I wasn't really into the Stones yet, you know, because they were bad boys. Yes. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I love them. Um, anyway, so we saw them at the hotel swimming in the pool with their long hair and everything. We thought, wow, this is really something. Anyway, um yeah, so it was so funny because, you know, every, the next day everybody at school's got their prom pictures and their corsage. And and uh, I just knew that my life was going to be very different <laughs> from then on. And we played a lot of proms as the band, you know. Okay, We'd come this, is, this is Birth and all, or is it Ladybirds? I just got this is the Ladybirds. It's still Ladybirds, okay. Yeah, okay, got it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we were named after Ladybird Johnson. Oh my God! Oh, <laughs> we were so Orange County. Yeah, it does sound it, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, we did a bunch of gigs, and anyway, it evolved into Bertha. And Bertha, well, the Ladybirds were had a couple records out, okay, um, and uh, our manager was going to send us to Europe um, oh, wow. to, to do some gigs there. And they told our parents, because we were still living at home, um, that they we had to sign, we had to join a union in England for a oh, thousand really? for a thousand dollars. Wow. And we went, wow, that's a lot of money. Um, but we were trying to get it to get, oh, please, I really want to go. Anyway, so our parents went, uh, this is fishy. Something's weird. Um, and we found out that he was going to just leave us there with no hotel, no no gigs, nothing. My just God. send us off on a plane. <laughs> anyway, our first lesson in, you know, showbiz. It's <laughs> a big one, yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But anyway, Bertha was, was really um, great musicians and... Um, we were signed to ABC Dunhill. Right, and you had two albums with them, right? Yes, we had two albums. And in fact, it was released in England several years ago and went up the charts. They thought we were a new band. Oh, great. Wait, but are you singing as well as um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. playing bass? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and writing cool. and um, and so writing at the time. They they took the records and put them on CD, yeah. and and you know released it. And I still, still have to get talk. Them? Uh, they were yeah. on the internet. Oh, what can check? Hey guys, everyone listening. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, Bertha uh, 
was uh, supposed, you know, birth, womanhood, you know, that, yeah. that's where the name came from. Um, anyway, we uh, opened for BB King in oh. Europe. Oh yeah! Wow, that must have been a thrill. It oh. was. It was really a thrill because these guys are so seasoned. You know, they have like a hundred, not a hundred three or four cameras strapped to them at all the times, and they're all taking pictures, smoking cigars. And in the back of the bus, they would, they had a very, uh, like, state-of-the-art record player that was, <laughs> that was battery-operated. You know, in those days, that was, like, unheard of. And so we got to listen to all these old, old blues songs Oh, my God. Stuff. Yeah. It was so fun. And the bus driver wouldn't turn the light off. He didn't want any hanky-panky going on. <laughs> Oops. Wow. Yeah. But they they weren't like that. The connotations with that. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't like that at all. But oh, anyway, well. we got to see Europe with them, and and we were playing for black crowds, too. Wow. And, and we did well. We did well, and um, we... Uh, Opened for a lot of concerts for like Three Dog Night and um, The Who and, you know, just tons of people. We were the novelty. Well, yeah, because there were, yeah, there were no other all-girl bands at the time, were there? They were... Well, there was Fanny. Ah. And so there was just the two of us, you know, and they were our friends, too. Um so anyway, we, we got to tour, we got to be on TV shows, we did, you know... Uh, oh, let's find out what they are. In England and, and here. And did you get on, get on the Beeb? The Beeb? Yeah, the BBC. Yes, yes, the, yes. The Saturday uh, morning thing. <laughs> it was a t rock show, uh, and there's still a video. If you go to uh, YouTube, I have a, a, a channel there. Rosemary Butler. Okay. Hey, everyone check that out. Yeah. And, and then if you go to My Journey, you'll see a compilation of the videos of my career, of me singing with different people and even Bertha and the Ladybirds and all of that stuff, too. Oh, that's so wonderful. I'm going to check that out. Because I, 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 I was wondering when, at what point did you turn pro? You know, you were a girl band. You know, the only other girl basis I can think of is Carol Kane and the Wrecking Crew. So you were out there well, kind we, of... in high school. Yeah. I mean, opening for the Stones, that's pretty well, Exactly. I was wondering, musicians' unions and all this sort of stuff, <laughs> how you handled that, because you were young. Yeah, we were young. Supposedly and, naive, so... We, oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah, and so we just jumped into it. Uh, our manager got that gig. And some gig. Oh, my God. Know, it was their first tour. And um, it was really scary because uh, uh, they arrived at the arena. It was in Stockton, California. Oh, yeah. And they arrived at the arena. And in those days, people didn't stand on the, uh, the ground in front of the stage. They had to be in the bleachers. Oh. Okay. But because we were on the show... We got to stand right up to the edge of the stage and and watch, you know. Yeah. And uh, um, they were doing this could be the last time. Yeah, the early stuff. Yeah, my God. And they went 
nuts. Those people came running out of the stadiums, mostly young guys. Oh, which I thought that was surprising, but musicians or something. Anyway, they came running off the the stadium uh, bleachers, and they ran up on the stage, and they were like tearing their hair and grabbing their shirts, and you know, trying to get their guitars and stuff. That's why they had to come when they made their entrance. They came in a Brinks armored truck. My God. Yeah, there were riotous days. I mean, it's, we haven't, you know, it got worse. In fact, but, you know, that's, the point is, and I think the thing that underscores everything, is that you opened for the Rolling Stones. That's pretty amazing. For, in, in high school, yeah. Yeah, I, exactly. I mean, you know, it was like, wow, I can't believe we're doing this. Of course, it was in Stockton, the lettuce capital of the world. Yes, uh, yes, I, yes I, <laughs> I have to drive through it occasionally, yes. <laughs> but it was, it was exciting, and... Um, so then we we also did a tour opening for Three Dog Night, and um, that was funny. Um, and uh, I think they they have great harmonies and all of that. Oh, you should know, yes. You know, and um, that was in Europe also. And uh, whereabouts are you going to London? Are you going to? Berlin or Stockholm? Or oh, we went everywhere. Switzerland and oh we went, to, you know, all over the place. And um, I won't tell a story, but... Uh, you, well, well you, you set it up now, go. I always set it, it out. Uh, we can always take it out again. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you. But uh, Chuck Negron yeah. asked us to go, and, and one of the other three dogs... Um, you know, we're in Germany, and to go out for a drink after the gig. And, you know, we're like, we don't know what we're doing. You know, I don't know who they are. I don't I don't know that they might drink too much or, you know, get us <laughs> oh, lost <really>? or something. <laughs> no <laughs> indication know. of that coming? Well, you know, I was just really, really innocent. Anyway, so we go to this place, and they're drinking schnapps and beer. Mm-hmm. Well-known combo, yes. A lot of them. And um, we're laughing. You know, I haven't really been in very many bars, so I'm drinking, you know, some fruity drink or something, and I'm getting drunk. And then when we got back in the um, cab, we couldn't remember where we were staying because the the hotel key that we had didn't say the address or the name. And you're trying to pronounce German words that are like this long. You yeah, know, I know. Like, <laughs> you know. We were just laughing and laughing and laughing so hard because we were completely messed up. And, it sounds like it. And the, the driver is just driving around in this circle where all the tourists stay from America. Oh, so you have to recognize the building. Yeah, I get it. You know, but we didn't. But anyway, I think <laughs> one of us got finally sober and we went oh that's it <laughs> but we were laughing 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 anyway so we get in to the elevator right to go to our room and <laughs> chuck passes out in the elevator great i mean cold <laughs> and he's like you know very very tall you know yeah. and we're supposed to be in another country or something the next day on the tour 
and we're like shaking him and yelling at him and doing all that. We, so we dragged him down the hall <laughs> by his feet. <laughs> no, this is wonderful. Yeah, this, 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 these like, are the stories you need to dig out of people. This is great. <laughs> Even if you refuse to let it air, I still want to hear it. <laughs> it was just like, I mean, it was like really hard. It was like carrying an organ or something, you know. So <laughs> this guy, you know, what dead weight yeah. guy that's really big and everything. So we're pulling him out. And, of course, my room has to be the first room we come to. Oh, dear. And so we pulled him up on the on the bed and we threw water in his face and we were shaking him and we had just come from Switzerland. We had these big Swiss bells that were ringing right over his head. <laughs> he just was not responding. And I thought, you know, what if he's in Oops. trouble? You know, what if he's, he's uh, not doing well, you know? Because uh, I don't know him. I don't know if he does drugs. I don't know if, what, what's happening, you know? But I knew one thing. I didn't want to be in that room when he woke up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, okay, so now you have to choose who you're going to be found in the morning with. Well, I, I went with my keyboard player, Shara. Oh, okay. And stayed in her room. But oh, it was good. like, oh, I, I didn't want to take responsibility for him. I didn't want to, you know, get into the middle of all that. No, sure. But, I mean, you know, it was funny. It was funny. Um what other things happened? Oh, um, we're in we're in Europe at the moment. Are we staying in Europe? Or are we gonna? Yeah, well, we're in Europe right now. Yeah. Um, I remember Danny Hutton one time. He was bowing, you know, at the end. And he had very tight white jeans uh -oh. on. And it ripped right up the back. <laughs> Did anyone tell him? Coming away from the stage like this. Oh, he knew. <laughs> bye. Don't turn around. Bye. Oh, <laughs> Just funny things like that that can yeah. happen. But you're you on know. the bus most of the time. But you're on the bus. Um. I'm, yeah. I'm very yeah, fond we of were, bus stories. The like, bus <laughs> stories. Oh, those are funny. There. Yeah. I mean, there's wild stuff that happens, and also lots of boring stuff. You're sitting there for hours. Yeah, I realize. But yeah, it's just uh, I mean, the rock and roll stories that you get are sort of something goes wrong. But you know, the rules that always make me laugh. Like, you do not go to the bathroom while you're busting. Who knew that was going to happen? And you're on there for twelve hours or something. Yeah, that's it's right. like, you can excuse pee, I guess. That's me. That's right. Yikes. But, you know, you get to know your local truck stops very well. Yeah, I bet, and every gas station on the way. <laughs> yes, right. Uh, it's, uh, uh, you know, when you get off a stage, if you're on a bus tour and stuff, you go, you might say hi to somebody, but maybe you don't know anybody there at all. Nobody comes backstage yeah. or whatever, you know. Um, so you get... You go from the stage and you go into the bus, and the bus driver always has the air conditioner on freeze. Mm -hmm. And there's a giant pizza on the table. <laughs> so you're like sweating, you know, it's like, oh, and then you're freezing. Mm -hmm. And um, that happened every night, you know. Yeah. Sometimes you have like a, a, a police ex escort, or maybe there's some fireworks or, you know, something. Um, but it it's, good, it's yeah. kind of a shock, and then you go to your hotel room, sometimes at three or four in the morning, 
and uh, you know, it's like so disorienting because you're half asleep anyway because you were sleeping in the bus. Oh, I see. Yeah, disorienting. One time I was on the road with James Taylor, and we had a very early flight, and we had a very late gig, and. Uh, I got all my bags and checked out of the hotel and and went into the bus, got in the uh, bunk, and everybody was in their bunk. And then I realized, oh, I forgot my book. And I had been reading a book about bag ladies because I was so like tired of carrying full force. I felt like a mule or something, you know. Come on, Dave, you know, you can make it. You know, running through airports with giant suitcases and all of that sort of stuff. But anyway, so I I didn't tell anybody when I got off. I just ran to the room and they drove off. Oh, no. Oh, God. I had no money. I had no ID. I had no idea where the next gig was. This is really scary. I was like, wow. You know, and I had no cell phone. Of course, they didn't have cell phones. Yeah, those days, no. So anyway, lucky, luckily for me, Carla Bonoff was opening for James. And oh, I dear Carla, yeah. got on a, her bus. But it was like a very tricky situation. One time uh, I was with James and, and uh, or was it Jackson? I don't know. Anyway, we're doing a lot of fast, fast, fast uh, gigs. You know, like you'd, you'd wake up in one country, fly to the next country, do a gig, fly to the next country, and go to sleep. And then, you know, it was like... You wonder where you were in the morning, yeah. Yeah, we had the Warner Brothers jet. Oh, know, that's so nice. Yeah, that's nice. Run, running on empty tour. And... Um, yeah, funny. I got yeah. It. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so um, we... Uh, I was, like, disoriented and, you know, half asleep. And so I... I in those days, they didn't make you take your shoes off and your belt yeah, off no. and all of that stuff. Everything was so much easier. You had a ticket and you just walked into the plane. Sometimes it's like it was, on the bus, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And and sometimes there's no. You know, it's just sit wherever. You know, it's not like you have a ticket that says you are B twelve or whatever. And so I got in there, and I'm sitting down, and I'm you know. All got my suitcase on the top and everything, and I'm looking around. I don't see anybody. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> and the road manager comes running, and he was really a great road manager. He did the stones. No, oh. um, oh, was that Chip Chipmunk? No, it wasn't Chipmunk. It was another guy. But anyway, oh okay. He comes in and he's having a total meltdown, screaming fit. He's right in my face in front of everybody, and he goes, Do you see anyone from the tour on this bus? I mean, on this plane. And I go, No. <laughs> he says, It's going to Tibet. Oh, no, it's so lovely. That's what you need. It's so career in Tibet. He drags me out of there. I'm like, I'm sorry, I was asleep. So things like that can happen and totally yeah. like I mean, you'd be in a foreign country with, you know, not speaking the language and just, you know, really you'd be 
Yeah, I know. I've, I've done a few tours, you know, with bands. It's like, oh, my God. Crossing boundaries, too, in a bus is like, oh, God. Um, Crossing boundaries. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's awful. Yeah. Is that, you oh, know, yeah. one thing I really wanted to ask you, um, and is when did you discover you had the voice? When did it occur to you that you really were such an amazing so – when did you discover your pipes, as okay. Linda would say? <laughs> yes, right. Pipes. Well, I know this is corny, but um, – when I was a girl, or brownie, when I was a brownie, uh, I went to Disneyland when they first opened right. with my troupe, and there was a disc jockey there that came, and he was interviewing us, and he says, well, can anybody sing a song or something? <laughs> and I went, I can Here we go. Yeah. So I even made up the song. But I because oh, you're yeah you're a lyricist of course I forgot <laughs> but I'm you know I just was so happy because I'd never talked in a microphone before and of course it went all the way around Disneyland it was not just oh my god you, you were broadcast I was broadcast all around Disneyland and I thought that was the biggest thrill in the whole that world okay thought, wow so that's the pivotal moment that's what I've been trying to get to lovely okay. <laughs> Isn't that silly? I thought, oh, maybe Mickey heard it, you know. <laughs> and that's, that, that's that inspiration that I always like to get out of, you know, people I talk to. is like, when did you first realize that you were good at what you're doing, you know? Well, you know, there was this guy that I would do sessions for, and he had free studio time from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Okay, Got it. and, and I would go in there, and he would go, okay, sing the third, and then he'd say, oh, this is the third, and he taught me so much yeah. about singing, you know, but it was like, I had to pay dues. Yeah, of course. You know, I had, had to learn, yeah. learn how to do stuff, but I was uh, singing on this guy, Catfish Hodges uh, album, and he was our opening act, and he was this big red-haired, freckle-faced blues singer. And um, he uh, asked me to sing on his record. And I said, oh, sure, you know. And Bonnie Raitt was there. Oh, there you go. Well, now I'm getting, it's all coming together now. Okay. <laughs> and Bonnie and I sang together on it. And that's when I found my sound. Mm -hmm. You know, I was able to sing with her, but you know, without her too. And it just, I found my belting voice. I found, you know, uh, my tone. I, all from that one session. So that was pivotal. When, when, does, when does Runaway come in at this point? Because Oh, that, that was, was the big. first song that I sang on with Bonnie. Yeah. Um, that was um, a big smash. I was watching that last night. I found you on YouTube doing it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was a big thrill. I mean, yeah. I wasn't, all this touring and stuff, I wasn't looking at Billboard magazine or I didn't really know. I mean, we did some radio stuff, but I wasn't cognizant of the whole business and how it works and, you know, mm. how, you know I, w I just showed up, you know. <laughs> the difference between being a background singer and an artist, which I became. Which, yes, exactly. <laughs> But at the time, you know, it's like you get to drive around in a limousine and in jets and all this sort of stuff. But you don't have to make all the, re you know, decisions at times. And, and you know, you don't have to pay everybody. <laughs> you don't yeah, have right. to. You got a, you got a cool a, shoot. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's a lot harder 
a lot harder. You have to have the vision and you have to have the team and you have to have, you know, all of this stuff I had to learn. And um, I went to Japan and um, singing background for Boss Gags. Yeah, I didn't cross that off my list. No, 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 no. no, no, no. Here we go. (laughs) Sorry, not Boss Gags. It was Linda. Well, Linda and I and Bonnie Raitt. I have always... to interject here and say we're talking about Linda Ronstadt for the people who are listening. Oh, yes. Sorry. And you have to give me a date again. I'm sorry. No, I should have done that earlier. I'm not good with dates, but no, I'll, no, I'll, I'll, it, I'll tell you that that it was at the Troubadour. Okay, at the Troubadour. All right. Oh, Whatever, it? Okay, it's Laurel Canyon. This is Seminole, yes. Right. Laurel okay. Canyon. All right. And everybody so would – The right. Eagles, okay. Yeah. Johnny Mitchell, uh, James came and – uh, Elton John, you know, all kinds of people, but they were, it was before they were signed to Thanks. labels, you know, and uh, I think maybe Jackson had been signed, but, you know, he, he had, I don't know exactly what that time zone was, right. but anyway, yeah. they were all there and they were all green and they were all unsigned and they were all so talented and you'd see them get on stage and they were a little hesitant and they were like, oh, I wrote this song last night and I thought I'd play it for you, you know, and we're like, yay, and he goes, and then it's like, you know, some incredible masterpiece and you're just like, God, that was fantastic. And so I'd go there all the time and I'd hang out with everybody, you know. There's another room besides where the music is where people would sit around and talk and stuff. So that's when I met Bonnie and and, and Linda. And, um, uh, and I just, I went, wow, there's something going on here. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm part of this, you know. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because I was in my all-girl band, but it was like, you know, it's time for me to Something get out else. and see what else is going on, you know. And uh, Bonnie and I got along like two old sailors. <laughs> <laughs> she would bring me on sessions and stuff. And um, she introduced me, you know, to, uh, oh, I'll never forget uh, the Eagles and, you know, that whole troupe. Um Oh, what's his name um, that wrote uh, J.D. Souther? Oh, J.D., yeah. Okay. okay, so I'm with Don Henley and Timothy Schmidt or something. Oh, so Timothy was there then? Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Anyway, so, so we're in this session. We're waiting for J.D. I think it was a session that was for um, Randy Newman. Okay. He was doing a song. You remember he had the big hit? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, one before I like it. Um, uh, something about you're no good because you wear glasses and you're short. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That a, uh, all yeah. That stuff. Well, he was doing a song about... Oh, it is short people. Short people. <laughs> yes, I knew Correct. it too. <laughs> so, I mean, I didn't really know him and I didn't know what I was getting into. But anyway, so he wanted to have a Gregorian chant over... In the background of this song called, uh, it's about divorce, it's to his children, and it's called, I Just Want You to Hurt Like I Did. Oh. <laughs> so 
I'd never really sung a Gregorian chant, but I could do what I'm told. <laughs> so, so we're doing this Gregorian chant, and we're trying to figure Gregorian. out the, the parts. And J.D. Souther, we hear on the door, you know. I go over and I open it, and J.D. Souther comes in on his hands with his feet in the air. Oh, I didn't know he was that agile. Okay. I went, now that's the way to make a entrance. entrance. <laughs> <laughs> He's very good, though, very excellent you know, songwriter and player and singer and, you know. So, yeah, I, uh, let's see, Jackson, uh, I think, met me through Linda or, or possibly Bonnie and had me come. His wife had just committed suicide. Oh, no, I remember now, yes. Remember how sad that yeah. was? yeah. Yeah. And he was just in there, you know, working round the clock. And um, I said, well, you know, if you need somebody to give you a standing ovation when you do put on a tambourine part or something, you should ha call me and I'll be there. <laughs> 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 and so w we got along and, and, and he liked me and I liked him and... and um, and then he asked me to, you know, be on the rest of the projects and stuff. And uh, it was so fun. I mean, running on empty was, it was, it was exploding. Yeah. And do you know that in the next few days, I'm going to be doing a um, college course. Someone has a college course in Nashville um, on running on empty and why it was such a big hit. And everything. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. I was going to ask you later, what are you doing now? So we, we chalk that one up. Isn't that interesting? It's yeah. like, wow. Um, so. That is interesting. I mean, you know, it was a phenomenon. Well, in you got the whole days, West Coast was exploding, wasn't it? Because I came in on, what, 73? Did you? Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I came in through, you know, from Peter Asher, and therefore I knew Linda. Da, 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 da. And now this is why you and I are sitting here talking. Oh, so through Peter. Peter got me a lot of work. Yeah. Oh, he Peter, used I knew everything. Yeah, Peter was, uh, he was running at, at Apple in England. Right. Um, and uh, he came over with James or sent James. Over. I'm not quite sure. The James was the first person they signed. Yeah. And uh, he, they, yeah, he's. He was signed to Apple. Nothing. He didn't didn't do anything. But when he came to Warner Brothers, then of course it all hit. Exploded. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then Peter came over here, and I thought, well, you know, my clients are leaving like droves in London, and I was kind of based in New York at the time, um, working, you know, for Alan Klein and the Stones and all that stuff. Um, so I decided to come to the coast, and my God, what a scene it was! It was unbelievable. You know, the whole world and all the best recording studios are here. You know. <laughs> It was a magic time, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, there was no, you know, cell phones or people having studios in their home or, no. you know, any of that stuff. Um, and uh, well, Peter, uh, was on, Peter was on the top of it. Yeah. Was and fun. I'm very fortunate right now because I'm in, well, I was particularly then because I was right in the middle of the golden triangle of all the great studios, you know, the sound factory. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. And then there's Valgaray, who's a friend doing this, and there's, and there's everyone sort of mucking in together. Um, and so, yeah, I just got swept up in it. I had no idea that I would never go back to England. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm, I'm looking at all of your, 
you know, you gave me this poster of of all of your. Oh, did I? When did I do that? No. Yeah. Well, anyway, I mean, it's really incredible. I mean, the the one that I I have the one of the Beatles walking across the street in my living room. <laughs> oh right, yeah. That's that turned into an icon, not that you knew it at the time. So anyway, I don't want to talk about me. I want to talk about you. Um, so let's go back to where we're. I've got lists under my. Um, okay. I think what it is is I'd, I'd like to touch upon. Um, well, we'll get to the charity work, but the no nukes, the triple album, and the concert. Con- oh you know, yeah. Concert. Yeah, that, um, that was just amazing. We we played in front of a million people. You know? Yeah. Um, and the no nukes thing, what was um, <clears throat> serious? You know, it, it it really we were fighting, you know, for the nuclear power plants to not blow up the earth. You know, well, it I, wasn't so much the rockets or anything like that. But no, it was really well, the see, that was my concern when I was in Britain. I'd go on the marches, you know, the band, the bomb marches. Okay. With uh, Lord Bertram Russell, Russell at the helm, you know. Um, and we were protesting Aldermaston and places like that where they were making the material, fissionable material for the bombs. Oh. Um, and, you know, and, the, and the peace sign you see now, in fact, was our CND campaign for nuclear disarmament logo, which is a rocket, in other words. You know? Oh, my God. Yeah, so when, you, when I suddenly realized that you were doing all this stuff, I, mean, it's just, I had to get you to expand upon it. Um, because what well, a, I, I, Oh, it was amazing. And I had... Uh, I just volunteered my background singing for anybody who wanted it. I just said, yeah. you know, I sing background and if you need yeah. it. And so I ended up singing with a lot of the people. In fact, when they made the film, you saw the film? Yeah. <clears throat> and they were showing it to us for our, for the first time. They felt like they knew me. <laughs> <laughs> because I guess I was smiling. So every time they had a place, and what do we do next in this picture? Go to Rosemary. <laughs> yeah, she's radiant. Yeah, I can see well, why. Well, I don't know about that, but um, anyway, the no nukes thing was was uh, it was really intense. We did a whole year with Jackson going around to all the nuclear pi- power plants and protesting and playing, singing. You know, and um, it was very low budget. You know, we stayed in Holiday Inns. And the people, you know, it was like a groundswell. It was like, you know, real true believers of it, you know, would pick us up in their VW bus that was taped together with gaffer's tape and make us little sandwiches. (laughs) And we would play. And uh, one time we were playing at this place called Argo Sante, which was uh, one of the first... uh, you know, totally sustainable little places where they grew their own food and they recycled their water and they had solar energy and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. And we were playing for a fundraiser for them. And um, that's when the section would open, you know. And so we were uh, going to go on stage and the guy who was doing the lights said, Oh no! And he pointed he he pointed all the lights to this one point where there was like a hill, and on top of the hill there were some guys with rifles. Oh my God! Pro nukers. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, yes, of course. Ner, 
NRA. Or, NRA, uh, yeah. Yeah, and so we were like, oh, man. But in those days, they didn't check you. I mean, you could walk right through to get to a concert, and God knows what you might have in your purse or in your, you know, whatever you're carrying, your backpack. So we thought, ooh, what, yeah. how many other people are there, too, that have their yeah. guns, you know? We were getting death threats. Oh. Uh, I remember one time. Anyway, I should finish the story. Um, You're getting death threats. I mean, that's, that's death a, threats. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> on a regular, regular basis. Like, I on. mean, yeah, and James would have to wear a bulletproof vest. I didn't on, know any of this stuff. Yeah, and that's I'm a, singing next to him, but I don't have one. <laughs> Oh, we had police dogs behind our risers. What state are we in? We're in California right now. Where are we right now in the story? <laughs> it's on a tour, a so tour that changes every day. You could be in Texas. You could be. Yeah, wherever we were. And they, and they were threatening his mother. And uh, it was just scary. When we played at the forum with Jackson, they were saying, oh, well, I just planted some plutonium in the in the dressing room in one of the trash cans and when you put walk on stage the bomb is going to go off oh gracious <laughs> there's a pregnant pause there i can see it but but, but we uh we did go on and it didn't blow up but it could have it was very frightening and uh you know because when you're on a, a tour Okay, you have your roadies, you know who they are, right? But you yes. come into a hotel, you don't know who is a terrorist or who is a, you know, even if they have the hotel signal on it, you know, like they have a, a uniform or something, you don't know who these people are. And then you go to the gig and, uh, you know, there's all kinds of people running around backstage with just a T-shirt, you know, and you don't know who they are. I mean, if you're getting death threats all the time, it's like really scary, especially when you go on stage. I mean, it was just terrifying, really terrifying. Anyway, I, did I ever tell you the Indian story? No. Take the stage. Here we go. <laughs> well, the Indians went with us everywhere on the um, No Nuke tour because they love Mother Earth. Mm -hmm. and, and so, you know, they were like, please get rid of these nuclear power plants. But they did um, stay with us, and I got to know some of them and stuff. Uh, but we went to the dark hills of, uh, the black hills of South Dakota. They're actually a nation represented in the United Nations. Did you know that? I sort of knew that, yeah. Yeah, all these tribes from all over the world came, and they yeah. were having a powwow because the government wanted to dig up their ancient burial ground, which you don't do to an Indian. No, I know that. Yeah, that's bad juju. Yeah, it's happening south of the border right now. Mm -hmm. I know, I know. Yeah. Oh God. <clears throat> anyway, so they're sitting there for a whole week with the peace pipe and fasting, sitting on a little rug that they made themselves, and chanting, and and uh, it was raining. <laughs> This is not going to be a fun game. <laughs> yeah, they're all muddy and everything. And we were playing. I think we were on top of a, of 
a tra uh, like a trailer, big long trailer. That was our stage. Oh, right. oh I see. And, yeah. and there was no cover. <laughs> you know. And you're not just acoustic, I assume. <laughs> no, we weren't just acoustic. So oh, we're we're like they're all sitting there, and Jackson's playing for a dancer, right? That song for a dancer. Yes, yeah. And so I go. Jerry's so cue to play that next. Okay, got it. I have to run out into the audience and be with these Indians. You know, I just have to be in the middle of them for some reason, and because I just thought it was like such a moment. You know, I mean, there were like jets going over the top, taking pictures of us. You know, and we were getting called. Yeah. Our phones were being tapped because we were doing something that was against. The government mm -hmm. by protesting about no no nukes. Anyway, um, so I go out into the audience and it, it's a full moon and I'm just watching. There was a whole row of Indians in full feathers and the whole thing, you know, doing sacred dances, like the eagle dance and you know all this. And they're in a trance, you know, and they're not performing. For the audience, the audience not is not even watching them. They're not doing it for the people on the stage. They were doing it for the full moon. Uh, it was so awesome. Wonderful, yeah. It was so yeah. incredible. So then it started raining, and we had a very tiny little uh, trailer. And we all jammed in there. It was Bonnie Raitt and Graham Nash and us, I think. And we're all, we're all in there. We're going, wow, you know, what if it doesn't start, <laughs> stop raining or something? And this one tribe called the Rainbow Tribe came, got in a circle, and they started chanting, you know, you know, doing this whole thing. And we're going... Yikes, there goes the scalp. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we didn't know what was what was going on. And so we came out and it stopped raining. And there were seven rainbows that went around the Indians. My God. It was a miracle. Yes, it definitely is. Yes. It really was a miracle. We were like, wow, they do know about this, you know, the world and... Mother Nature and all that. So that was a, and so we got up and finished the show. But it was just a, a moment in time where I'll never forget, you know, yeah. in that. And one time uh, I was backstage and there was, I think it was during the No Nukes uh, performance with everybody. I was supposed to be singing with uh, Phoebe Snow standing on, oh, yeah. standing on shaky ground, you know. And um, I found myself sitting in a teepee with two Indian chiefs with full feathers, and they're passing me the pipe. Here he comes. They go, We'd like to show you, have you be able to talk to your ancestors. And I went, really? Yeah. And then, <laughs> I people could see your face. I couldn't, I couldn't put it together that I was in a tent backstage. You know, I was like, Wait a minute, and then I heard the song, and I went, ah! I missed the first chorus, but I got the second one. Oh, but, got, got. but it was like they were with us all the time. 
fantastic. It was beautiful. Um, Yeah, they were blood brothers with Jackson. Oh, I see. Wow. And he still works. He still works for them. He does. Yeah, he just did a big benefit for um, uh, the kids to have scholarships. Oh, yeah. I think it was for college. But um, it was just, it it was so grounding to be around them because they're just so not vain, you know. (laughs) They're not showbiz. I mean, maybe some of them, but uh, anyway, that was a beautiful thing. And um, I'll never forget it. One time we were with Jackson, you know, on this where you start in one city and you do the gig and then you fly to the next one and go to sleep. You know, that that. First one was the running on empty where it was like just so fast. We had the jet and everything. So every day, instead of going to the airport, the regular airport, we would go to a jet airport. And I mean, those were so beautiful. I mean, you don't get to see those up close, you know, that much. And all the guys were like, wow, look at that jet. (laughs) And we, and, and so, uh, we're taking off. You know, and two jets come on either side of our wings, and they're talking to Jackson on the walkie talkie. You know, they're going, "Hey, Jackson, what's happening?" And <laughs> we're going, "Wow, does this ever really happen?" <laughs> it's definitely rock and roll, isn't it? Yes. And they said, "We want to show you something that's going to really blow your mind. We know all about no nukes. We're Switzerland, you know." <laughs> and so. They took us, we followed them, and they went by this giant mountain, right? Where yeah. it, it, The yeah. whole country is full of mountains. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, which one? <laughs> and the, while we were there, the top swiveled off, and two jets flew out of it. What? Yes! We thought, okay. is this like James Bond or what? Yeah, um, but it's in Switzerland, I didn't know this for years, but someone told me years later that uh, in Switzerland they don't have, you know, a lot of level ground for like, you know, airports, you know, yeah. for hospitals, for shopping malls. They're all underground. Well, I don't know. I mean, I've only, I've only flown over Switzerland and looked out the window. <laughs> it's so beautiful, isn't it? Oh, my God. It's yeah. so beautiful. But that was like a, a, a sort of a confirmation that this was a worldwide thing. It wasn't just. Yeah, exactly. This is brilliant. So I know you're doing an awful lot of charity work, but I want to, you know, one thing I wanted to touch on um, was the, your National Enquirer. Yes, yes, um, yes. Uh, which I, is, uh, I want you to talk about that and how you, that came about. And because yes. this choral stuff you're doing, your choral works, it says in my notes here, choral works. Neil Young's um, 100 piece choir thing that you put together. That I was mean, really fun. Uh, uh, yeah, were you, I mean, I'm stuttering, I can't actually think how to phrase this, but are you writing the charts for this? Or are you, what are you doing exactly? You organize that, Neil well, Young. You know, I was hired a lot for arrangements and stuff like this, but when you, you know, these were not written. Get a hundred people to sing in unison, you're really lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Especially with his phrasing. His phrasing is so quirky, you know, 
And um, so you've got to take all that into account. That's what I'm oh, trying yeah. to do, tell our listeners is, you know, you you are one of the great singers in the world. Um, oh, who work with gosh, the greatest th- list of artists I can you. think of. Well, you are. Don't be silly. Um, and I've also I haven't you know I mean in my prologue to this I'm going to list all the people that that, that you work with. You know, apart from the the the, the Linda Ronsets and the James Taylors and the Eagles, but stuff I never knew about. Sarah Brightman, opera mm-hmm. singer. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Who I've worked with, you know. I mean, I just wondered how that all came down and how that came about. Right. Well, I uh, met her um, backstage. You know, she was doing one of these, ta- you know, shows where they have this artist and that artist. Blah, blah, blah. And I was warming up my voice. and I didn't even know she was going to be on the show. And she comes in and her manager comes over and he goes, do you mind if she warms up? <laughs> I went, oh, of course not. Sorry. No. <laughs> a Welsh voice. Yeah, yeah. But she, uh, uh, I think she's the tip top of all singers, you know. I mean, God, she can sing in Chinese, you know. Yeah. Um, so anyway, she, an opera singer has a microphone that's like under their wig, right on their forehead. Did you know that? Yeah. I used to work with the Royal Opera House. Oh, you did. <laughs> so anyway, um Val Garay called me. He was she was going to be doing a pop album, okay, and you know we all know her very high notes, but we've never heard her alto notes. Right, gotcha. So I did all the guide vocals for her to learn phrasing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But I don't think it became a big hit. Anyway, so um, she had picked pop songs, and she sang in that range. Because, you know, as an opera singer, you don't phrase, you do it exactly how it was written, usually, yeah. you know, but you have these amazing voices. And she's so beautiful, and, she, you know, she's just incredible. But anyway, so she, I got to hear her singing what I taught her. Right, <laughs> so okay. Like, so, there's this record of pops. Um, I actually started working on that. That's how I met her. Oh, really? Yeah, but I just don't remember what happened. But it didn't come to anything. I don't think. No, I, I, I don't think people could recognize it was her. Yeah, because yeah. she stayed within that, you know, pop range. She never went up to where she sparkles like a star. You know, well, she would make a grand entrance like that and sort of uh, hit you over the top. So, you know, and oh. go straight to the fridge and grab a beer. That's why I liked her. I guess. <laughs> She's phenomenal. But I did a lot of uh, um, guide vocals for stars, too, like Celine and Whitney. And now that's what I want to know. I mean, you know, I, mean, I, you know I, left the, I left the choral bit. I want to come back to that in a minute because, um, yeah, the, the, all the people you work with that you don't expect, like Bette Midler, for one, um, Ray Charles. Yeah. Yeah. He, call, he called me up. I mean, I was a huge fan. He called me up one day. I'm like running around doing the laundry or something, you know, and I get this call from him and I go, wow, you really do sound like him. He goes, <laughs> yes. I am him. <laughs> I went, "Oops, well, wow, you really are. <laughs> We've had that for you. <laughs> <I'm not. laughs> and so he had me come and he used me like I was a piano. He was, he didn't write out the, the, uh, I don't well somebody somebody might have wrote it out but anyway he he was trying out all the harmony parts using my voice stacking them oh I see you know and and then he would wow. teach teach the other people the parts that 
that he taught me, but he wanted to hear how it sounded, you know. Yeah. Oh, this is great. And is this the sort of thing you did with Etta James as well? Cause, uh, oh, Etta James. Because uh, that must be some stories in there, believe Oh, me. come on. Etta. Yeah. <laughs> Etta is a trip. So Bonnie Raitt and Etta James and me uh, were doing a, a, a Alan Toussaint record or, or something. Oh, right. So you in New Orleans? <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and so, you know, uh, she comes in, Etta comes in and... She's got big fuzzy, fuzzy, you know, slippers on, and and she's goes to the coffee room and puts all these plastic forks and spoons and stuff in her hair. What? <laughs> and we're supposed to blend our voices, but she doesn't blend. She's a belter, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So they had to put her way in the back of the studio with a big baffle over her, <laughs> so that they they could turn it up and down. And and Bonnie yeah. and I and and I think everybody was signed to a label then, but we we couldn't. Uh, I don't know, maybe not use our names or something, and so we became the Fagawi sisters. Oh, okay. I've heard of this, and I never knew what it was. It's, Somebody it's, mentioned that to me. Yes. It's like F-U-G, right? Yes. Fug, owie. So it was like, where the fug are we? Who the fug Bug, yeah. are we? And, That's you know, all that sort of thing. It was yeah. just silly. But we had so much fun. She was just a giggle. And the other thing I picked up on was the fluffy slippers, because that reminded me of Bette Midler. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, she would walk in with her curlers and fucking slippers. <laughs> well, Bet, you know, I'd always been a fan of hers. And, you know, I'd go get my hair cut something, you know, and I would see a picture of her and I'd go, she's got my hair cut. I mean, I would, it, anyway, I just loved her voice. I mean, yeah. I really loved it. And so um, I met, oh, the, the, wow, let me see. This goes way back because I sang on all the harmonies on the rose. Oh, well, that was going to come to the Rose, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, the guy who produced that produced Bertha. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay, so I had that relationship. And so I'm, uh, this is when she was doing the movie, The Rose and all that. Right. And so I was working in the studio, and uh, <clears throat> I usually sing the high part or the middle if it's a belting part. But I, I didn't sing the low part that much, but that's what he wanted, you know. And um, Bet's Bet's vocal on that. This was before pitch control. Yeah. Oh. And <laughs> so he made a mosaic. You know, he'd take the S from this word and the T from that one, and you know, make these you know mosaics yeah. of yeah, vocals. Right. And I had to sing exactly like that, with the top part and the bottom part. And so I think there was a looser one that was in the the film, but the one that the single that you hear, that's her and I. Okay. okay. But it was like it was like each part was a day in the oh studio because really? they had money to play with yes right no stays in and so i mean it was oh could you do that again but do it more green or you know could you do <laughs> like you know like you were holding a 
fried egg in your hand or something. <laughs> <laughs> How many times can I do this? You know, in different ways. But um, and then uh, I went to a party of um, Graham Nash's fiftieth birthday or something at the Madonna Inn. Oh, I know that the pink. Yeah, I know that Madonna Inn. Isn't that a trippy place? Yeah, that's a weird. Yeah, exactly. We have to explain. We have to explain to people what it's all about. Every room has a different theme. Yeah. Mine was all roses. Yeah. I think Lee Sklar was there. His was all cars. And oh, I was. I was all Picasso or something. I can't remember. Picasso, <laughs> and they have that in the men's latrine. They have like a big oh. waterfall and all this. Yes, yeah, so that was going to break. Yeah. The men's bathroom, yes, you, yeah, I've, I've, I'm going to detail, but, but, but anyway, it was like brass bucket, <laughs> <laughs> very flamboyant. Anyway, so, so she was there. I got to meet her again. I'll, when I did the rose, she wasn't there. She was, oh, fil she was filming. Yeah. So we hit it off, and she said, "Oh, I just love." Vocal coaches, and I, I, I thought, what am I going to teach her? You know, she knows how to do everything. And so I, I worked with her for like ten days, but they were like eight-hour days, you know, here in LA. And then she flew me to New York, this fabulous hotel with like a view of the skyline, and oh it was fantastic. And I, in her house, we did it, and. Um, she was always a belter. You don't hear her singing in her falsetto real high. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, why don't you open that up? You know, you can do that. She goes, oh, I don't want to ruin my voice. And I went, well, you won't ruin it if you do it right. You know, mm -hmm. so so I taught her how to get into her head voice. And then she, uh, Rosemary Clooney died. Mm. And um, she, oh, Bed also took me aside and was showing me how she comes up with concepts for albums. And she has an entire wall full of old records, old blues and old R&B records and stuff. And she was just discussing, you know, what she was going to do for her next album, but she didn't know yet. And Rosemary Clooney died. And she loved Rosemary Clooney. And uh, so did Linda Ronstadt. Yeah, I know. Remember? Yes, she became uh, like her musical mother after her mother died. And that's how she got into Nelson Riddle and all of those, you know, wonderful things through Rosemary Clooney. And plus, I was always called Rosemary Clooney when I was a little girl. You know, I go, I'm Rosemary. Oh, Clooney? You know? Yeah, yeah. This is little red monkey, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but anyway, so um, she decided to do a tribute album to Rosemary Clooney, right? And she was all excited about it and everything. And it was with an orchestra with um, uh, what's his name, Barry Manilow, producing. Oh, okay. And um, there was a song called Sisters. Sisters, sisters. And I said, well, why don't you have Linda Ronstead be the sister? Because she loves Rosemary Clooney, too. Mm -hmm. So I got to introduce them. And then they did it, you know. But before all that happened, she had me sing with the orchestra and do all the guide vocals. 
she goes, I don't want to make a mistake and have to make everybody do it again. Mm. I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) And she had all these beautiful peonies. I think they were peonies in her room, you know, just for inspiration. Um, And I I loved it. It was so much fun. She was a blast to be with. Absolutely. What a great teacher for me. Oh, I see. That's reciprocal. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Oh, Springsteen. I got. What did he do with Springsteen? Because that's the first time I'd heard Spring, about this. Uh, sang "Stay." Okay. At the the No Nukes thing um, with oh, Jackson. Was on that tour. Okay, got it. Okay. With no, it wasn't the tour. It was the show at the, show. Uh, the movie. Was of um, oh. in front of a million people. It was. Um, Jackson and him and Tom Petty uh, and and um, Bruce's band and oh, E Street. Okay. Yeah, and I was called to come out by Jackson and and uh, sing the high part. You know, right. oh, cool. won't you stay? You know, I don't know if you know, but that the second one on the record is David Lindley singing that part. Oh, David! My did God. you did you know that? Oh, I know uh, David. Yeah, but he's he was he had he would always have the cheapest of cheap guitars and he bought at an airport somewhere and just make magic come out of it. I know, I know. Yeah. But With he, his greasy, greasy hair, which is very proud of. Yeah, well, he would he had never really sung at a concert or anything. Um, so when he went out to do his vocal, he would limp. So people would feel sorry for him. Oh, like, like Donovan. <laughs> right. That was his trick. He, Donovan did that? Donovan, I think I had polio oh. um, earlier. Because I saw him a few months ago and I said, I nearly said to him, what happened to your limp? Uh, <laughs> pronounced limp. So, <laughs> so then after he f- sing, he would skip back to his guitar. But before he left the microphone, he would make the sound of a Doverman pincher. <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> He's a funny one. Yeah. Do, do, do you, by any chance, do you have his phone number? Because if you do, I do. You should phone him and just listen to the voicemail. I mean, just listen to the response. You pick oh, up. what what is he doing this it's time? The most amazing guitar riff you've ever heard. Oh yeah. No, he played he on my record. It by now, but that was uh, yeah. But anyway, if you've got his number, call it just to see what happens. Yeah, he played all over all over my record. Yeah, I can imagine. And, Whatever it is. And it was interesting to watch him because, you know, he plays the saws and all these, you know, Middle Eastern instruments and yeah. things. And oh, he can pick up anything. Anything. Yeah. yeah. He's like G- James Taylor can pick up anything. See, the next thing you know, he's got Red Calendar's tuba, you know, right? and he's Something, playing it. I know. I, I saw him play a uh, auto phone. What is it called? Auto yeah, I know. You know, in uh, Switzerland, those yeah. ones that go down the side of a mountain. Yeah, oh the, yeah, auto something. Yeah, the big horn thingy. Right? Yeah, and yeah. he was playing that, and it was echoing off all the mountains and everything. Oh I was God! Like, wow. Yeah. Um, but anyway, David, David, David Lindley, and oh, and Russell Kunkel and Lee Sklar oh, right. played yeah. on my record too. And they're, they're ultimate musicians, aren't they? Yeah. They're like, they must have felt so cozy with those guys because they're so nice and easy, you know what I mean? A lot of time in the bus, you know. Those yeah. are my homeboys. Yeah. And their their album, uh, Immediate Family, uh, is just coming out right oh, now. Oh, good. Oh, good. About yeah. time. You know. With with Cooch. 
uh, Danny Korchmar. Yeah. And like, Wadi Wattel. Yeah. Um, I mean, the whole crew. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's nice for them. It's very yeah. nice. They got are, a, you, are you on the album? No girls allowed, honey. Oh, no, no, not pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like Ben Fry, no fun allowed. Oh. A-L-O-U-D, yeah, right. <laughs> I remember working on his album, and we did the pregame show of the uh, the biggest football show uh, of the year. What is it called? Uh, don't ask me. I, you know I don't know anything about You don't know about, do you know about football? No, nothing. The biggest show of the year. Oh, it's got to be the Super Bowl or something. Super Bowl, yeah. Thank you. Well, I, I should know that because I did their logo for uh, 21, but I mean... Did you? Um, wow. Yeah, we of all people, I don't know anything about sports. American sports, let alone English sports, you know. Oh. It's just like they flowers, <laughs> but I did it. Oh, that's so cool, yeah. When we did that, we, we got to go into this big tent and pick out anything we wanted of, you know, the players jackets or you know hats or t-shirts or any merch, of that sort yeah. of stuff but um uh, first time i recorded with glenn he it was i think at the sound factory and i guess he was mostly around guys all the time recording you know and yeah. I, came, I came in and there were all these like nudie pictures <laughs> oh no <laughs> what okay <laughs> inspiration <laughs> Good but then he flew me to Colorado to to sing uh, in his home studio, which was so beautiful. It had a fireplace. It had it was snowing. There was a little creek that went by. I mean, it was idyllic, just mm. idyllic, you know. And he had a big, you know, place for us to stay, and that was nice. Oh, I liked nice. him. Yeah. I thought it yeah. was neat. Yeah, I I see you were you were working with Dan Dan Fogelberg, who was a mate of mine for a while. Oh yeah, was, you know, Love, was he a mate of yours? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved him. Yes, he was a funny man. Actually, very funny. He was he had a different persona. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember one time I I heard his album being played back at his house when he lived in Colorado. Then Boulder, right? Well, above. I think it was Boulder. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Anyway, so he goes, I don't know why people live in apartments. Look where you could live in this beautiful place. And, you know, That's I went, isn't it? Can, we, can we live in your backyard? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was, was at something like the 14,000 foot level or something like, you know. Oh, yeah. What a voice. Yeah, what I know. a yeah. voice. I got oh. to sing with him one time at uh Bad, oh, it was when Nicolette Larson died. They were doing a oh, memorial. Russell Kunkel back in the picture. Yeah, right. Oh, dear. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so I sang on uh, For the Roses. Uh, oh. You know. But I just think he's tremendous. And Kenny Loggins also. I mean, Kenny Loggins came and and donated. I mean, he he let me pick out some songs that he hadn't put on some of his records. And uh, That's cool. And he uh, produced it, didn't want credit, didn't want money. That's nice. He and I put a choir on it, just the two of us. And it was so wonderful because I stand next to him and he was like thinking about what am I going to do next? I could hear his muse talking. I, I don't know how, it's never happened to anybody else. 
but I could hear that he was going to do this. And then he'd tell me, oh, I'm going to do this. And I went, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I heard it, you know. Wow. He's just, I mean, he's so incredibly talented with his songs. I'm going to be doing something, let's see, before this comes out is in December, right? Yeah, we hope, yeah. Oh, well, by then it'll probably be on my Facebook uh, or website or something. Anyway, I'm doing Conviction of the Heart. Okay. Because this is the tribe. Uh, Do you know about the tribe? Nope. Just explain to everybody. The tribe is is a bunch of musicians that donate their time for charity and um and then sometimes we get paid but most of the time we're doing charity stuff and we did a a gig at the ace theater that beautiful art deco place downtown yep know that and a lot of people were donating on you know over the phone or sending in things and stuff and we had silent auctions and all this that we we raised half a million dollars and we bought a food truck um and we work with uh, hope of the valley and we bought i think it's a i don't remember how many beds something like 34 bed uh recovery home for homeless people Oh, this is fantastic. Yeah, that was really fun. Yeah, everybody okay. did it. You know, everybody was contributing to it. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. So we Thank do you. these things at uh, the Coach House in San Juan Capistrano mm-hmm. with no audience. But of course, it's, yeah. it's alert the globe, and there's eight cameras, and it goes globally. Wow, I've got to check that out. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be fun. Nowadays, you know, you have to use your imagination. (laughs) Yeah, right, I know. The ambiance, as they say, is gone. Um, Oh, I know, I've got to ask you, um, because he was one of my clients for a while, Rod Stewart. Rod Stewart. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I got to do some voiceovers. (laughs) I don't have any escapades with him. Oh, you don't have any escapades? Oh, I do. But I was oh, I bet him. you do. I'm going to bring him up in. <laughs> oh. Anyway, so I got to sing the guide vocals for uh, Dolly Parton and who was the other? Bette Midler. Uh, he was doing duets. It was a Christmas album. Hmm. He wasn't there. But I did stand next to him once many years ago. I love him. I think he's a great vocalist, just incredible. Did you know he had throat cancer? I yes, only the other day did I learn this. Yes, and he went in there and just really worked his voice. You know, really mm-hmm. had to restore his voice. And then he was doing, you know, like jazz albums and stuff. He did standards at one point, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's great. It was so fun. I have a copy somewhere of me and him singing. <laughs> Oh, good. I just have to hear that. I mean, I want to get him on here for a podcast because we misbehave behind his back just ah. to get thrown up on time. And there's stories that he doesn't know about, which are funny now and probably at the time would not have been. Why, di- why didn't he know about them? Well, because I, I can't go into the stories right now. Oh, sorry. Rod would turn up or not turn up, you know, and we'd have to have to invent things to tell the label. A colourful, <laughs> colourful man. Yeah. Very colourful man. Yeah. Oh, anyway, what else have we covered? The oh, we we you know we broke off on the the National Enquirer. Oh, the National Enquirer. 
Okay, so uh, Deborah Pearl and I uh, put this choir together, and um, it's all charity. It only happens at Christmas time, and um, it's kind of loose. It's kind of rock and roll. Good. And we go to uh, the L.A. Mission. We go to uh, the Children's Hospital, uh, the After Sag Old Folks Home, the Veterans Hospital, you know, these kind of places, and, and Carol. And it's been over 34 years or something. And um, it's... A lovely bunch of people. I just love them. They have the biggest hearts. And um, how many people be, are in the choir? How many? Well, people? you know, it ranges. Uh, like maybe more people can go to the children's hospital and can go oh, to this would, one. Yeah. You know, it, it, if I can see out my window right now. Last yeah. year, we um, we went to do our gig at the LA Mission. We won't be able to do a gig this year, of course. Yeah, cool. But but we went there and they had double booked us because we usually sing in the gutter while people are standing in line getting their food yes and sometimes it's, it's like raining busking. i love it yeah we're raining <laughs> have an umbrella and we're still singing you know and uh they love it they love it and sometimes they conduct us and stuff you know and uh and then we sing on an outdoor stage for them but anyway this year we were double booked and so we there was no place for us to sing and we were all there so we decided to walk into where all the tents were okay and we're singing and it's like whoa this is really different um and um there were some you know vietnam vets and stuff that were crying and and uh, we're, we're, Gary Stockdale is one of the soloists from the, the uh, National Enquirer. That's supposed to be a take on the magazine. You know? Yeah, I got, I got the pun, yes, right? Yes. <laughs> Does Santa Claus have cellulite? Yeah. I don't know. Is that really Rudolph's nose? <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, so Gary Stockdale is singing Silent Night, you know. And it, he doesn't stop through this whole thing. And if you saw it in a movie, you would say that that didn't happen. That didn't no, happen. One type. But um, anyway, so we see all these motorcycles, like a big motorcycle. Uh, I don't know, 30 motorcycles go through the middle of the tents. And then there's like old cars that are fixed up. It was like a parade, I guess. Mm. We don't know this because we're singing Silent Night. <laughs> and then fire, silent. <laughs> fire trucks are going through, ringing their bells and the sirens and everything. And then uh, it was just, it was just, we were right in the middle of the homeless, yeah. you know, and you could, you could really taste it, you know. And we used to, we used to do the, uh, Crippled Children's Hospital, and there'd be a lot of little burn kids, you oh, know. No, that, oh, and yeah. um, they had no mirrors. And um, oh, I never thought of that. My God, no, just no make mirrors. Me shiver, actually. Yeah, but when we would sing, they would get the cutest little happy faces and stuff. Mm. You know, that was very rewarding. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was so sweet. No. So you do an awful lot of charity work. Well, kind of... we've been doing it for many years, and it's yeah. it's our Christmas. It's what we look forward to. This year, just a virtual one. Yeah, I know. Which is, uh, but, uh, most I hope everybody's safe out in the snow and stuff with this pandemic. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's it's not going to snow here, thank God. <laughs> no, we're lucky. Which is why we have a sort of, you know, abundance of homeless and uh, the streets of LA at the moment. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Reagan, but let's not get political. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good to see your beautiful face. Oh, gosh. thank you so much. You're not as beautiful as it used to be, believe me. But you're looking lovely. Do you you're ever like, like just when you, because you know, your specialty is airbrushing? Yes. <laughs> Everything's natural. <laughs> when you're talking to somebody looking at them, do you go, oh, I really like to. You know, well, no, I, I'm, I'm sort of mentally fiddling with the light, the lighting. Like you really should, and you're looking good, by the way. You've got a slight kick to the left, on my left, and um, you know, a slight what? Li- <laughs> you've got a, You've got a sort. Of, it appears you've got a little fill, fill light on oh, your fill right light, hand. right yeah, up here, right yeah, up here. Yeah, yeah. That's so the window. Normally, I've got one of those there, and I've got a reflector down here. But you're coming through looking beautiful, so you're oh. fine. Well, you've got like a cold north on the right-hand side, so it's looking great. Oh, I'm sorry. I presume you've got a window over there. I have a window over, over there. there. <laughs> and, you know, the, the sun is setting right over there. <laughs> yeah. So whereabouts in town are you? Because I need to know. To, Sherman know. Oaks. Are you in Sherman Oaks? Okay. Right the by Sherman the park, Sherman. yep. Doing a lot of walking. So what I want to, you know, everyone to know is this is the first time that I've done a broadcast, um, which is virtual, you know, because normally we're sitting up and like, yeah. Uh, we're sitting in Aftermaster Studio. It's like, you know, Abbey Road on steroids. And um, so this is the first time I've kind of, you know, somewhat nervously put this, got this rolling. You know? Oh, no one would ever know you were nervous. Uh, well, you know, it's a facade that we put on. <laughs> <laughs> put on nervously too, if you like. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I'm looking at all these, you know, photos and stuff that you did. You well, I'm looking made at your- tell me about the war is over cover with uh, uh, well it's just i'm supposed to be talking about you but um war is over came because john and yoko uh, i was working for the royal opera i was telling you that and i was mm-hmm. also moonlighting for a magazine um and john and yoko wanted to put one of their floppy discs in it and so he contacted me and then all of a sudden war is over was just his christmas card you know, Merry Christmas from John and Yoko, and it just burgeoned, and all of a sudden, you know, it was all around the world. It was originally a Christmas card? Yeah, coming out of Apple, wow. it was, um, yeah. That was and such then, a wild thing, nobody had ever done that. Oh, we're having our honeymoon, and we'd like to have everybody come in. <laughs> oh, right, they all slept down to Gibraltar, yeah. <laughs> that was wild. Yeah, it was a great time, it was a great time. I got to sing with Ringo, and... Oh, and, yeah, that's on my list, I didn't get to that. Tell and me. Paul. And Paul. Serple. And Sir Rod, which is even stranger. <laughs> Sir Rod. Yes, Sir okay, Rod. Okay, Sir Rod, yeah. yeah. I always wonder, like, Sir Elton and Sir Mick. You know, Sir Mick. Is he is he dubbed, you know, you rise Sir Mick, or is it Sir Michael? They or is put- Elton? You know, when they dub Elton, he has to stand with the Queen sort of taps him on the shoulder with a blade. Is he? Is it rise, rise Sir Elton, or is, he, is it real name Sir Reginald? Oh no! I think it'd be Elton, probably. I don't know. Reginald. The stage names now become the real name, so it's kind of. Yeah. yeah, probably. Yeah. It's funny. We digressed. Sorry, but anyway, where were we? Where were we? I got lost. 
Uh, we were talking about wars over, but um, oh yeah, but you still played on something I wanted to talk about. I forgot Beatles, Beatles. Um, you know, since I was twelve, I wanted to meet the Beatles, right? right. And um, so I finally got to sing with them um, at Earth Day at the Hollywood Bowl. Oh, lovely! It was just just the two of them and uh, a bunch of other people, and we got to sing na 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 na, na in a choir. Uh, oh, uh, you know, uh, but for me, it was it was like uh, a dream, you know, that I had always wanted to sing with them. That's amazing, admiring the Beatles, even though you're working with the Stones, and now all of a sudden you're on stage with two of them. That's great. It was See, that it, is a wonderful place to leave it. Though I have a feeling we may have to do part two to this because I don't think okay. I mean, you scratch the surface. You've got so much stuff going on. Oh, you're dull. You're no, dull. Well, you are. Gosh, anyway, I really appreciate getting to do this. It's really yeah, it's fun. fun, isn't it? We should do part two sometime, that's for sure. Rosie, that was lovely. Thank you so much for coming by, though it's virtual, I must admit. But you still had to get from the bedroom to the living room. So, did I? <laughs> well, it was my pleasure. And oh, it was lovely. I Thank want to send so. my love out to everybody. And don't give up hope and keep the peace and, and just, you know, just uh, enjoy the moment, and um, it's all going to blossom. And once we get, you know, the cure, and um, just enjoy everything. I, you don't know what's right around the corner. Now you're tiptoeing through this, I can tell, but it's, <laughs> it's you're I, right, absolutely right. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, you know, yeah. one I'm day. You really want to say, yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry. I love you. <laughs> yes, I love you too. All right, sweetheart. Thank you so much. Okay. Okay, that was me, Kosh, coming to you from my virtual couch in my virtual bunker in Hollywood. We were with my dear and delightful friend, the ever effervescent, the glorious Rosemary Butler. You have heard her amazing voice countless times with the greatest of great artists. You should also know that Rosemary, as a vocal coach, can be contacted at vocalstar at aol.com. That's vocalstar with two R's. Get in touch if you'd like voice lessons. My word, Rosemary Butler. I'm online at koshdesign.blog.com and you can find me at koshart and on Twitter. You can find all the Pantheon podcasts at spotify.com and Pandora. If you search, you can find us on about 50 platforms. We are growing and growing. This has been The Art of Rock with Kosh and Friends, a production of Rock Anthology, famously known as Pantheon Podcast. Long live rock and roll and all who sail in her. Oh, 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 oh.
Art of Rock is written by Tosh and produced by Christian Swain. All sound design and incidental music by Jerry Danielson. All quotes performed by actors unless noted. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.